Water Resources Minister, Madame Cecilia Dapa, is tonight being searched by officers of the Office of the Special Prosecutor. Also, the Office of the Special Prosecutor, from what our sources tell us, is expanding the investigations and will include uh, a, a probe into uh, close relations of the minister. And it may follow, uh, that may follow, uh, from answers that she may have given to investigators today after she was interrogated for up to five hours, in which she may have mentioned that the amount were not necessarily hers and may also belong to some other family members, as our sources uh, tell us tonight. We're also learning tonight that she hasn't been formally charged just yet, but the search is happening. We're keeping a close eye. Our sources there are uh, telling us uh, a lot. We'll bring you the very latest as and when we know more from the search happening in her home right now. News Night starts now. In the next 60 minutes, you're on the news. Night, the verdict on Cecilia Dapa's legacy as Sanitation and Water Resources Minister. On the day she was arrested and her home searched, following revelations, she kept a million dollars and several bundles of other currencies in her home. I'll give her 50 over 100. I can't give him 35%. But for this place particularly, I'll rate her with 30 over 100. We'll hear from industry players as they assess her performance over the period. Also tonight, MPP's election committee postpones balloting for positions after nine presidential aspirants launched fierce resistance, demanding modalities from committee before they will participate in the process. By the grace of God, the engagement ended successfully and fruitfully. We are going to have a meeting on Wednesday. In business, Bank of Ghana signals intention to continuously hike the policy rate to help contain threats to inflation outlook. In sports, former Black Stars defender John Pinto believes Asante Kotoko made the right decision to reappoint Prosper Ogum as head coach. And later, fresh evidence emerged in alleged police brutality in Dagomba Line in the Ashanti region as autopsy report reveals victim had massive blood in his abdominal cavity. When you enter the police station, you can see that there are a lot of damages, destroying properties in the police station, destroying the meter and other stuff. So the reason is that they are accusing the police that the police have killed their friend. I want to stay with us for more tonight here on News Night. I will also take your views and comments, 055-1111-997. Details after this short break. Credits where you get up to 20% of your money back before. <laughs> Make I tell you about Vodafone's a double promo. See, anytime you the recharge for a double, you get up to 20%. Whether it be short code or your Vodafone cash wallet, or you don't use credit transfer to your number or someone else. And now you be high tech, so you don't use my Vodafone app or any payment app. For a double. However, you do uh, Vodafone go send you up to 20% cash back. Cut a double into your Vodafone cash account. Who reload here? But then he enter. Top up your airtime with five Ghana CD or more in Vodafone's a double promo. And receive 20% of your money back straight into your Vodafone cash wallet. Recharge and cash out in the Vodafone Air Demo Promotion. Vodafone, further together. I've got belt back and I won't let go. My name is Nanama McBrown. Many people think I get what I want anytime because I am popular. <laughs> no, that is not true. It is because me and Kasano, I like the best. And when I find it, I stick to it. I have found Bell Pack T Roll and I'm stuck with it. It is soft but not weak, strong but not hard. It is just perfect. Bell Pack T Roll is smooth and gentle on the skin. Same as Bell Pack Kitchen Towel. It cleans in one wipe. You can soak, squeeze, and clean again. One Bell Packaging Towel lasts longer and saves you money. It's time you switch to Bell Pack today and experience the perfect paper tissue. Say pocket tissue, table napkins, tea roll, and a kitchen towel. Bell Pack is simply the best. Bell Pack just perfect. To be a Bell Pack distributor, call 055 Another quality product from Bell Aqua. Everything feels so good like Bell Pack. 
It's alive here on Newsnight. It's on Joy 99.7 FM. Still ahead here on Newsnight, Tallingsy farmers plead with the government to fix dry dams that cannot retain water after January. You will not even recognize the site as a dam. I planted in the first year and the water dried up, so my plants died. And later, Trigan crowned winner of the Mating Joy Prime's Cues and Lyrics music show after 12 weeks of a competition filled with glitz and glamour. To be very honest with you, this is one of the best written songs I've ever heard. Because you want to stay with us for that and more here on News Sniper. Let's stay with that uh, breaking news story. It's been breaking all day and developing still. And tonight, uh, we are looking at Cecilia Dapas tenure as sanitation water resources minister and she's been minister for close to five years her tenure came to a crashing end when she was forced to resign on saturday following the revelation she kept a million dollars and several bundles of other currencies in her home investigators have been searching her home tonight she was arrested today and together with her husband were interrogated for hours by the special prosecutor the monies came to light in court documents filed by state prosecutors who were prosecuting Cecilia Dapa's house helps for allegedly stealing the amounts. Well, as the controversy rages on, we have been looking back on her uh, speaking, on her tenure as minister, speaking to ordinary Ghanaians on what they make of this situation and her achievements as a minister. Michael Ashali has the rest of the story. In 2018, President Akufado appointed Cecilia Benadapa as minister for sanitation and water resources. In 2021, she said she was very close to realizing the president's dream. I, I will give it 85% because at the end of the day, you all saw the 100% we did during the lockdown. A drive through Accra on a Sunday showed heaps of filth begging to be collected. I see the environment. The environment is good. So our, our country is clean. I'll give her, uh, that's 50 over 100. I can't give him 35%. But for this place particularly, I will rate her with 30 over 100 because almost all the places I go within this area, it's like, it's, it's dirty. It looks very unkempt. We are currently in the ministry's enclave that houses most of the ministry's part of government. Specifically, we are right in front of that of the Ministry of Sanitation and Water Resources, the office where the former embattled minister, Cecilia Benadapa, worked from. It's expected that from Monday, July 24th, another individual will take over from the office. For Joy News, Michael Ashali. Well, let's dig more into this. Michael joins me in the studio right now with a bit more. We know she took office in 2018 and since then has been working to improve WASH. That's water sanitation hygiene conditions in the country. Uh, a few indicators to look at in, in measuring what she's done. Tell us more. So, Evans, one of the things we can use to measure the work that she could have done, which was also do, was the Ghana Multiple Indicator Cluster Survey. Uh, that the, One of them was released in 2011. And at the time, one of the biggest wars that he had to fight was open defecation. So we know that in the urban area, we had about 11.4% of the population in urban areas that were practicing open defecation. And in rural areas, we had 30.6%. Years down the line, in 2017-2018, when another survey was released to that effect, and this was released not, not long ago, like 2022, for the year 2018-2017, that, that of urban population reduced in terms of open defecation from 11.4 to 9.9 percent and then that of rural rather shot up from 30.6 to 35.2 more recent indicators from the united nations for ghana we know that the country has done well in water with 88 percent of the people assessing basic service uh, and then 42 assessing safely managed water far behind the global average of 74 percent but mm. higher than the sub-saharan average of 30 now, in this UN report, they said that well, the sanitation situation in Ghana is very poor, with only 25% having access to basic services, about 57% using shared or public facilities, and 18% still defecating in open defecation. 
you have poor sanitation conditions, poor serious, you know how that, that really links yeah, together. But, but yeah, but she also made some great progress when it came to expanding potable water coverage, water coverage across the country generally. Yes, Evan. So we, we saw the numbers really improve. Now, during her tenure, water coverage was expanded. Almost 96.4% of the urban population have access to basic water supply services, while 74.4% of the rural population have access to basic water supply services, Evans. Uh, and, and that's uh, according to the Sanitation Water uh, for Organization. So that area was a, a positive for her in terms yeah. of the work that she did there. But some have questions still. Yes, Evans. So if you take the Auditor General's report done on COVID-19 expenditure alone, you'd realize that many questions were asked. Now, to give you the bit that was mentioned here, and if you go to page 83, you'd see a table that talks about some questionable expenses that her ministry had done. Now, they had spent a total of 18 million Ghana cities, most of which was given to one parent group. So you have the Zoom Lion Ghana Limited listed there. And four or five of those transactions that were flagged. The first one was an emergency cleanup exercise in the greater Accra metropolitan area. Again, that was given to the contractor Zoom Lion Ghana Limited. An amount of 2.98 million Ghana cities was given to them. Again, emergency cleanup exercise in the greater Kumase metropolitan area. That is another 2.76 million Ghana cities. Then you, same company, Zoom Lion Ghana. And a third transaction I was given to Zoom Lion again, the emergency cleanup exercise in 14 regional capitals. And that amounted to 5.64 million Ghana cities. And what did the auditor general say about these amounts? So, in some of those transactions, he had said that well, they, they had awarded these funds or these, that giving back these monies to this company without um, having done due diligence. Now, the absence of performance bonds does not provide assurance to the ministry for compensating in the event of failure in the part of the contractors or the vendors to perform their part of the contract obligations. That's what they are told them. Okay, so uh, very interesting uh, details about what she's done over the years. Done great work in terms of expanding water coverage, but uh, in terms of the uh, sanitation situation, the fill situation, that it remains a, a major challenge still. And then the issues that the Auditor General uh, had also uh, unearthed in the investigations that they've done over the period. I want to bring in a man who works very closely uh, with her and with his in this particular sector is a, a former executive director of the Coalition of NGOs in water and sanitation. Coniwaks, Patrick Apoya uh, joins us right now on the telephone line. Uh, Patrick, thanks for your time here on Newsnight. So how would you assess her tenure? Hi, good evening and uh, thank you for uh, talking to me. Uh, I think uh, you guys have already touched uh, a, lot, I mean, a lot on uh, the positive side and also the downside. Uh, what I, the little I can only add is to agree with the, the implement the water coverage. And then uh, beyond, the, just beyond the water coverage, I think a significant improvement is actually in the way she was able to work with Ghana Water Company Limited to bring down, to reduce the, what we call non-revenue water from over 52% before she came in to currently just about 40%. If you understand what that means, even though it's just 12 percentage points, it is just a human's achievement. Uh, it is something that the country has never been able to achieve, uh, even when we brought in the international uh, management contractor, Aqua Vitense Run. Uh, I mean, how she has been able to work with Groundwater Company Limited, give them the free hand to innovate on how to deal with it, and then the management of Groundwater Company Limited taking the opportunity and dealing with it. I think it's one of the things that uh, we'll, we'll remember here for. Uh, and then also bringing the Water Company Limited to a level that they are able to survive on their own IGF to even invest some on their own in the water treatment system, which is costing over 30 million, 40 million, 50 million cities. Uh, unlike previously, when a donor did not uh, give money, then there's nothing we could do. I think that also is a plus uh, for her. Uh, Ghana's water sector was almost dead when it came to the international team. Uh, political representation in many events was uh, missing. And while you're not visible at that level, uh, nobody takes you serious. I think that was also a trend she was able to reverse. That Ghana started becoming the darling boy of the international community again. And uh, people's, I mean, international community, whether it is uh, AMCAO or the Sanitation and Water for All Initiative, 
uh, initiatives, you know, a lot of interest was coming to Ghana again, and, and all that will contribute to making the sector active. I would say this is these are some uh, positive sides, and also within home, uh, a sector that you have so many stakeholders working across interests, but she managed to bring everybody together. Uh, the sector working group, which was there, she was able to revive it. So donors, NGOs, private sector uh, were started to meet regularly again. And that is the only way we can align our efforts in order to reduce the duplication. So the water coverage you're talking about is not just about what government alone did. Uh, it's also about what the private, the small water enterprises, which she actually supported and boosted, also contributed. But, but you know, many uh, people... When it comes to some of her downsides, there are also a lot. Uh, I yeah, think and, and, me, and one of them, many people... Um, will judge her based on the pronouncements made by the president himself when he had declared that he wants to make Accra the cleanest city in Africa. And, and she took on the burden of implementing that. And people still look around and see the filth and say she's failed. Is that a fair conclusion for people to come to? Uh, I wouldn't say it is fair, but the truth remains that Accra has not become the cleanest city in Africa. You know, there are, there, there, it's, not, it's not as if as soon as you announce, you jump to the street and start cleaning and sweeping and clearing the rubbish and going to throw away. No. It involves setting up institutions that will ensure that on a daily basis and forever and forever, any waste generated has a way it is collected, it is disposed, at a way that you are not coming back to government all the time to look for money. Uh, so you need to set up a lot of institutions. One of the cardinal things was to set up the National Sanitation Authority, which was to work on the financing and supporting the assemblies that are currently very weak to be able to deliver on that because it's not, it's not the minister that is going to deliver the service. It's the municipal assemblies. And so far, these assemblies are just underfunded. Uh, people just think they have to clean, but nobody is worried about where they're getting the money from, where they're getting the resources from. Uh, they have to work with the private sector, but their role in coordinating all that is very expensive. So working all that was the National Sanitation Authority, which was supposed to call the National Sanitation Fund. Uh, then all the building blocks have been put in place. I'll give her credit for that. But I think what she failed was how to work around the politics within cabinet itself to get this uh, approved as quickly as possible so that we can achieve what uh, we want. And I also think getting the politics of the budgeting process, I think we lost out completely when it came to the national budget. A time came when we even thought the finance minister was intentionally working against her and intentionally underfunding the sector so that she would fail. That was what some of us in the sector thought. Uh, but it's about how you also play your game when it comes to pushing for your share of the national budget. Uh, this is not an issue that donors will finance. And it is not an issue that you just go with the routine budget that you are given to tackle, to tackle. So yes, even though, it is not, uh, even though she did all her best and put all those things in place, the fact that we ultimately couldn't get finance to release the needed budget to the assemblies and to the ministry to actually uh, put the item on the cake, definitely uh, she'll have to take responsibility for it. She scorned uh, herself. It would not be too fair to say because we are still seeing Phil. She did nothing at all. She scored herself yes. 85%. What would you give her now that her tenure has come to an end? No, I will, I will give her uh, what she has achieved. I will give her 65%. The money will just make about 30% or 40%. Because even with money, if you are not, if you don't have the right systems, the right institutions, and the right approaches, you can't make it. So with 65% achieved, if we work hard, the remaining 45% in the next four or five years, we should be able to achieve it. And Patrick, just before you go, um, definitely we will need a substantive minister now, uh, a new minister for water resources and sanitation. What are you looking for in the next minister? The next minister will be somebody who will uh, 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 be able to carry the sector along, to provide the kind of leadership that this one provided. I think that's one thing that we we'll miss. Eh? We don't need a minister that comes with uh, their own agenda and decides to set aside everything uh, and start something new. We also look at a minister who understands how to work with the Minister of Finance better and know how to also lobby and get their fair share of the national kick. This is where the sector has always been lacking. And I believe that uh, the next minister, uh, if we pray hard and we get the right person, uh, we, we should be able to, to make it. Thank you very much. That's uh, Patrick Apoya there, former executive director of the Coalition of NGOs in Water and Sanitation. Many of you are joining us with your thoughts on this uh, story developing across the day. Uh, this one from Joe.
Unyang Panduru says uh, Evans, the search conducted at the Cecilia Dapas residence is a charade to say the least. The theft happened about a year ago, and I don't think the police expect her to still keep the money in the house. Maoli says this search is a charade as well. How long has the money been missing from the minister's house? And how long did it take to get into public domain over a year ago, right? You think the rest of the money will be in the same house? Uh, uh, Abena, uh, well, this is uh, Abuchi Philip from Kita says, I personally think that think MPP is not a serious party. They are not serious. The sanitation minister who, uh, who stepped down, yet MPP has nominated her as an election committee member. Kita Port needs rehabilitation. Well, as you know, uh, today uh, that list came out again and that list has been revised. Her name has been omitted. You're still listening to News Nighters on Joy 99.7 FM, and this is your election headquarters. Well, balloting for positions in the MPP flag bearership race has hit a snag, a major one indeed and postponed to next week. This follows fierce resistance from nine aspirants who are demanding the election modalities be spelt out by the elections committee before they will participate. However, there was no consensus after nearly three hours of a closed-door meeting leading to the postponement of the balloting. Spokesperson for the elections committee, Alexander Fanyomarking, said they will meet the aspirants next week to address the grievances. We do not have any petition. We haven't received any petition. We've had an engagement with representatives of aspirants. By the grace of God, the engagement ended successfully and fruitfully. Yes. We are going to have a meeting on Wednesday. When we're done with the meeting, I will be So far, so good. This is a family affair. This is a family affair. Everything is going well. We are so far happy with processes and uh, the guidelines have been laid out and it's not going to be the first time MPP is going to have an internal contest. Uh, someone in Burais with me in the studio, you've been at the party's headquarters uh, today. Who are the nine aspirants? With the exception of Dr. Mahmoud Baumia, we know there are ten. So the nine minus Baumia. Alan Chamanting obviously is part of this. What are their demands? So their demands are quite clear. They want the election process to be a, 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 play, a, a, a level playing field for all of them to play. Uh, they are suspecting that there will not be transparency in the elections and they want the elections committee to spell it out clearly so that anyone who goes contrary would be uh, hauled before the elections committee. We know even before the National Council came out with this uh, verdict as to whether the elections should be centralized or decentralized, these nine aspirants petitioned the council demanding that the election should be centralized. And the information I'm picking is that it is on the back of the National Council not heeding to their demands, a reason they want to use this one as an opportunity to squeeze the balls of the election. But committee. this is just balloting. This is just determining who is first, who is second, who is last on the ballot. Uh, you, you've been speaking to some of them. Exactly. They wouldn't, they wouldn't what's, speak. What's the, what's the point of of resisting this when it's just about determining your position on the ballot paper they wouldn't speak to me on record but what they are saying is that they just want the modality to be spelled out but the details of the modalities they wouldn't say because they told me they have been told by the elections committee not to engage the media further you've been there uh, today all day what was the atmosphere like I, I believe possibly they would have come with your supporters was it as charged as last week when people came there to protest it wasn't a charged atmosphere it was just a normal business that the party uh, carried out just that the, uh, the the posture of the aspirants or the aspirant representatives of the aspirants were that of, of a disappointment because they were expecting that the party will listen to their grievances and then they will also arrive at a consensus with them. Then they cannot get into the balloting and subsequently the official uh, poll of notice would be published by the party. Uh, Deputy General Secretary of the party, Haruna Mahama, just joins us uh, right now on the, the telephone line. Uh, Mr. Mama, thanks for your time here on Newsnight. Do you have a clear understanding when the aspirants, the nine of them, say they want modalities spelt out, what they actually want? Because uh, that uh, presumes that you went into today's balloting and they didn't have the details as to how the balloting was going to happen. Um, thank you very much. Uh, good evening to your challenge listenership. Um, I think that the, the spokesperson for the elections committee in the person of Honorable Akini Martin has spoken uh, on this position of the committee, uh, the 
party seized the opportunity to uh, put together the elections committee headed by Right Reverend, Right Honorable Professor Mike Aronokui. And today they were inaugurated and then they started their meeting meeting, uh, which resulted to uh, them uh, calling on the aspirants or their representatives for balloting. Uh, we did understand that uh, the balloting did not take place, but however, the meeting has been fixed on Wednesday to address some of the issues. But with regards to the modalities for this election, I don't think that there is a candidate uh, in this particular race who does not have the guidelines and rules that govern this particular election. In the forms that were sold to every aspirant, the guidelines are in the, uh, in that particular forms. Also, the timelines for all the events, like this balloting, was communicated officially in writing when we were in a simple by-election. The general secretary wrote to revise the timeline, which included the date for balloting, which was today. So we have made available every little information that is supposed to be known. Why does why, why then surprise when, however, when you have the demand? However, we are in a democracy. And everybody has the right to make a point. And at any point in time, any committee that is seized with the opportunity to handle that will hear and determine. And this is a determination that will be made by the committee, but not the leadership of the and I, I And I get a sense that this is coming from a place of complete breakdown in trust between the nine aspirants and the party. And that's why they're pushing this. Last week, before the National Council meeting, they had, again on this show, complained about the lack of transparency in the process. Uh, consistently, you're hearing complaints from the nine aspirants that somehow there's a conspiracy to favor Dr. Mahmoud Baumia. Is there a conspiracy to favor him? Please, there has not been. I don't hear the aspirants say uh, there has not been uh, transparency. Well, last last week on the show, uh, we heard a number of them. In fact, you were on as well. Uh, Yababia Saman makes the point that the process had to be transparent. They had to be involved in the cleanup of the register. They've said that. My immediate boss, I did clear the air when you called me. I made clearance to all the issues that was raised by my my, my, my immediate uh, boss, who was the communication director, and I was the deputy communication director. So when I made the point very clear on your show, you were the host of that day, it brought to bear all the facts on the matter of this particular presidential election. And this bordered on uh, register. That was the validation of the register. And I did indicate that the register validation started way before we opened the nomination for presidential primaries, and there was no any aspirant at that material point in time. And we did promise that we will make sure that we will make available every single document that is relevant to the organization of these primaries. And I think that we will stay on to that course. However, they not doing the piloting today would be done at the appropriate course as discussions are made by the leadership of the committee and the date for such date has been made on Wednesday. Okay. And I believe that we will get to the bottom of this matter. Thank you very much. That's a, that's a, the, the Deputy General Secretary of the MPP there. And I want to hear your view on that particular issue as well, uh, if you have any. Uh, George Yaffe is joining me right now uh, with business right after george i'll take you to talent seat where farmers are pleading uh, with the government to fix dry dams that cannot retain water after january you will not even recognize the site as a dam i planted in the first year and the water dried up so my plants died george our face here with business hello george Hi, Ivan. Uh, coming up in business, the uh, Bank of Ghana signals intention to continuously hike the policy rate to help contain the rise in inflation rate after it increased the rate by 50 basis points today. And government rules out supplementary budget presentation as the Minister of Finance gets ready to present the media review of estimates that is this week. The business news on Newsnight is brought to you by MTN Business. Welcome. To the new world of business, Leon's life and Ghana pay. So the projections from the first quarter show a higher total gross profit for the fiscal year. Nana, who's not land you? He did a port ID. Here are your items. 
Thank you for coming. Yes, two for ten city, me two for ten However you do business, wherever you do business, MTN Business has a solution for you. Join us on 14th July at the Kumasi Mall and 28th July at the Rollins Park in Accra Central to learn how to do more and stay ahead of the park. Visit mtn.com.gh slash business or call or WhatsApp 0244-308111 for inquiries. It's time to scale up this July with MTN. MTN. Son, we are so proud of you for setting up this hospital. I really love those hospital beds and waiting chairs. By the way, did you import them? No, Dad, I didn't. I actually got them from Kindle Books and Stationery right here in Ghana. Wow. We also bought our office supplies, safes, executive desks and chairs from Kingdom, and they gave us expert advice on how to set up our office. Guys, that makes three of us. I also got our sofa and bedroom sets, plus our dining hall furniture for our new home from Kingdom. Wow, Mom, that makes four of us. I usually get my stationery items from Kingdom. And my teacher also mentioned that our classroom furniture was provided by Kingdom. So there you have it. Whenever you're thinking about setting up an office or acquiring furniture for your home, etc., Kingdom Books and Stationery should be your first point of call. With over 40 years' experience in the industry, we stock and supply a wide variety of globally sourced office and home furniture, stationery, and equipment. Visit our head office, Osu Akwaje, or our office near the Osu Stadium. We're also in Tema Community 1, opposite Olam SHF, Kumase K and USD campus, UC. Cape Coast and now at the Marina Mall Airport City or call us 0302 7642097642209 or 7627792 visit our website www.kingdomgh.com Luxurious affordable living is your right, and no one understands it better than BOT Properties. BOT Properties specializes in modern residential buildings and commercial office spaces. Our properties include the Equator, a 12-story made up of over 100 apartments near Accra Mall. At the Equator Courts, we offer you the deluxe living experience with our top-of-the-range homes, high-quality homes built with style and precision to suit your lifestyle. The Equator Courts is a gated community with two story four bedroom detached houses at Obojo East Legon near American House. Our office complexes include Zion House, Shiashi East Legon, Zion House, Sofaline Interchange, Kumase. Our offices and apartments are for both rental and outright purchases at affordable prices and with flexible payment terms. Kindly contact us on 0257-960-919 or visit botproperties.com. BOT Properties, the new meaning of affordable luxury. No matter your water needs, Syntex has it all. Syntex tank was first to introduce double layer tank, and now you can have as many layers as you want. Syntex tank was first to introduce white inner layer tanks in Ghana, and now introduces the customer specs order, which will let you order any color and size you want. Syntex tanks gives you the biggest warranty of seven years, which no other tank gives you. So whatever your water consumption, size of project, or demand, choose Syntex tank. Syntex tank, stress-free. Syntex tank, reliable. Syntex tank, maximum guarantee. Call zero. 244-335-168 Kumasi 0505-555-666 or visit SyntexGH.com Syntex Tank A year strong A year tough Flamingo Paint has superior properties than any other paint brand on the market? Listen, when you take one bucket of Flamingo Paint, it's equal to several buckets of any paint brand on the market. So, Flamingo has superior hiding properties, superior coverage, it means it covers, and superior durability. Flamingo Paint, superior hiding. Flamingo Paint, superior coverage. Flamingo Paint, superior durability. Flamingo Paint, simply superior. I'm a fool! Yeah! 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 Ye
you welcome back to business on Newsnight. Now, Bank of Ghana Governor Dr. Ernest Addison has indicated that the bank would take steps to hike the policy rate. It will help deal with inflation rate increases. The governor said this when the Monetary Policy Committee of the Bank of Ghana increased the policy rate today by half of a percent. There is more in this report. The Bank of Ghana Governor Dr. Ernest Addison noted that they want to take the required measures to ensure that gains made so far are not derailed or eroded. You will continue to see policy tightening until we get inflation where we want it to be. But we also cannot look at it in isolation because monetary policy alone cannot deliver that. So we expect that you know, the the fiscal side of, of the work would also have to come in. With On the banking sector, the Bank of Ghana governor maintained that recovery made in the first quarter has been sustained. He also stated that most of the commercial banks have complied with its directive of purchasing armored bullion vans for transporting cash. A lot of a lot of armored vehicles have been procured by the uh, the. Ministry of Interior has to give approval for them to import. I've seen a lot of clearances from the Ministry of Interior, but we can get you the exact numbers from our currency department. In the Ghana city, the Bank of Ghana governor noted that he expects the gains made to be sustained in the coming month. The governor also disclosed that they are working to publish their annual report by the end of this month. The public debt stock witnessed some significant jump from December to reach over $500 million in April, but the governor noted that it was mainly due to the recent depreciation of the Ghana city. External debt component in CD terms you know, tended to increase significantly. And domestic debt only increased by about 11 billion CDs or so. So most of that, uh, what you call a spike in public debt, was due to the exchange rate movement, especially in January. The governor also revealed that, in terms of the economy, government expenditure and fiscal operations are largely within target. And that is a business dex report. Now, government has ruled out a supplementary budget presentation when Finance Minister Ken Ofriata appears before Parliament to present the media review of estimates. Now, this is what Joy Business has picked up from persons with knowledge of the media review. The 2023 media review, we understand, is likely to focus on policies and programs aimed at entrenching the economic stability whilst promoting growth. Ghana's Financial Public Management Act requires the finance minister not later than July 31 of each financial year to appear before parliament and update them on the numbers in terms of the fiscal situation for the first six months of each year. Now, sources say the numbers that the minister will present will show that the economy is indeed showing signs of recovery. Now, more foreign airlines are in the country's airspace to operate commercial services. That's according to the Deputy Commissioner of the Ghana Civil Aviation Authority, Daniel Aqua. However, he said most of these airlines do not meet the criteria necessary to attain the approval of the authority. He was speaking at an Aviation Safety Investigation Day celebration. We have a lot more knocking on our doors to establish airlines. But the reality is that it is very expensive or capital intensive to establish an airline. And then the personnel required to be in the helm of affairs, according to the Civil Aviation Regulations or Directive, you need certain caliber of personnel. So we have all that criteria in our directives or regulations. So a lot knock on our doors. Maybe they have the money, but then when they come and then you spell out the rudiments of the game, they just fizzle out. Others too, because of the capital intensiveness of the industry, yes, they knock on our doors, you take them through the certification process, and they realize that, no, it is not like operating a road transport system. 
Deputy Commissioner of the Ghana Civil Aviation Authority, Daniel Agua. The amount of money the country secured from crude oil exports, taxes and other charges recorded some significant drop for the first half of this year. There is more in the following report. An analysis of the petroleum reports from 2022 to this year showed Ghana's earnings dropped by almost $200 million to hit $540 million ending June this year. It is not clear for now, based on the data, what might have contributed to this decline. For instance, for the first half of this year, taxes paid by firms operating on the Jubilee and 10 fields stood a little over $186 million. However, this also dropped to $166 million for the first half of 2023. The report again showed that value of crude exports by the partners on the country's oil fields also declined significantly. The total amount of money that is currently left in Ghana's Stabilization Fund and Ghana Heritage Fund accounts in the Federal Reserve Bank in New York stands a little over $1 billion after going down by over $200 million. And that is the business tax report to the stock market. If you've placed your investment in other shares on the market, apart from those uh, financial stocks, it has gone up by 17.46%. And that's all for Business on Newsnight. Back to you, Evans. And George, we must say this. We are looking forward to the media budget review presentation. The big question tonight is when is it? Um, this morning there was confirmation from Parliament that they, it was going to be tomorrow. Yeah. As of last week, Friday, it had been communicated to the House that it was going to be next week, this this week, it's Thursday. Thursday. Yeah. Um, and, and then the last few minutes, there's a bit more confusion well, whether or not it's going to we, come we, up or not. We're still trying to get the, the firm confirmation whether it's indeed going to come on tomorrow or not even. So we would indeed have data, uh, our listeners and viewers even. <laughs> George, thank you very much. It's still live here on News Snyder's on Joy 99.7 FM. I want to take you to the Talingsi district of the Upper East region now, where farmers in Kari and Gorogo calling on the government to haul contractors back to fix their one village, one dams. Now, they say that the dams are too important to be abandoned in their current state. They want the basing of the dams deepened and the embankment walls firmed up and the area of the dam widened. Jojo Coburn has more in the John News Hotline documentary, Thirsty Dams. We are not happy. We can't farm. Our land is just bare. We would have been farming during Christmas. You must repair the dam for us. We had no idea the dam would be constructed like this. We thought they would do a good job. We farm on this land we gave away for the dam. And we're excited because we hope it will help us. They came here to help us by constructing the dam so that we can farm all year round and make money. But the dam dries up so fast, you will not even recognize the site as a dam. I planted in the first year and the water dried up, so my plants died. The farmers say they will not count it as a loss if the government brings back contractors to reconstruct the dam. We are waiting for the rain before we plant. Without rain, we can't plant. Where is the water that we will use to farm during the dry season? This part of the story is called waiting for rain. The one village, one dam policy was meant to put an end to rain-fed agriculture. The government hoped that just as people in Burkina Faso farmed all year round and even exported tomatoes to Ghana, people in the northern region would be able to do the same. Unfortunately, the people of Gorogo farm only during the rainy season. It is the main reason why the assemblyman for Gorogo Roland Basama is refusing to call the project a dam, and his reason is... Actually, we don't call this one a dam. This is a dark out. The then Minister for Special Development Initiatives, Hawa Kumsin, briefed Parliament on how much had been allocated for one dam. 
averagely is 250,000. So it varies. It's from between 230 to 250,000. The highest is the 250,000. Later, the minister explained why the dams constructed were smaller. Then look at the cost, 250,000 Ghana City. 250,000 Ghana City. If you are constructing a meaningful dam, you don't need anything less than $3 million. So if I'm constructing 250,000 Ghana Dam, then what kind of dam are you expecting from me? Well, it has emerged after an extensive research led by the Northern Patriot in Research and Advocacy that tracked 285 dams across the five northern regions and concluded that the state paid more than 250,000 Ghana cities for one dam. It is between 600,000 and 800,000 Ghana cities per dam. But on the average, using the 285 dams that we tracked, we can give an average of 670,000 Ghana cities per dam. And you know, the consultancy fee for the construction of the dams is over 10 million Ghana cities. That's for the consultant. So, so many actors or players were into this. Why has the state spent over 600,000 cities on a dam and yet constructed an ineffective dam? Joy News has cited a contract letter given to Fourth Man and Cross Construction Limited. The contract sum is 520,000 Ghana cities for two dams in the Garu constituency of the Upper East region. Figures shared by NOPRA showed that an amount of 243,291 Ghana cities was released for one and 433,569 Ghana cities payment was released for another. We sought answers from the Special Development Initiative Office for further clarification. Well, Joy News met the coordinator of the Special Development Initiative on Friday, 21st July, 2023. But the coordinator declined an interview. She explained that she would allow an interview another time. She promised a document detailing the payments made for each dam will be sent to Joy News. Unfortunately, Joy News has not received the document. And indeed, the full documentary is at 8.30 p.m. on the Joy News channel. You can catch it across our social media platforms as well. You are live your news night is on Joy 99.7 FM. We can do some sports now. Um, the Monday after the weekend when we beat Arsenal, um, in the USA, uh, just been joined by Daniel Crante, who is smiling, knowing that we are, you know, <laughs> perennial, um, what do you call them, uh, preseason champions. champions. <laughs> <laughs> Only to start the season, and we'll possibly win a cup, you know, and then you know we start struggling. I'm, but what do you have in the I'm glad you finished off that way. <laughs> Let's do some sports news. And former Black Stars defender John Pinto says Asante Kotoko has made the right decision to reappoint Prosper Ogum as their new head coach. The 45-year-old makes a return to the club after stepping down before the start of the 2022-23 season following a successful first stint with the club. Ogum won the Premier League title with the Porcupine Warriors in his only season at the club, but disagreements with the club's board over certain decisions led to him resigning from his role. According to Pinto, rehiring him will make Kotoko competitive again next season. I think uh, is doing so well. He started from Wafa, we all saw what he did, came to Kotoko, he won the league, and he built a very good uh, structure over there with his players and also with uh, his uh, philosophy and his understanding of the game. I think the supporters were behind him and uh, the players were behind him. That's why I always say never close doors because he left the door open for him that he can come in any time. So now the time has come for him to come again. And uh, you know, he has a history with the club, very good one. But repeating history sometimes is difficult. But uh, I think he's the coach with his words, which he believes in his ability. And we all know that when it comes to coaching, he's, he's doing very, very well. And I have full confidence that, I mean, I believe uh, Coach Ogum is ready to, to go for the tax that are ahead because the new protocol is protocol. Protocol is a demanding club. So when you're going, you prepare. 
You had former Black Stars defender John Pinso speaking there, bringing that into sports. Brought to you by Pepsodent Herbal and Chaco. Pepsodent, every smile matters. But you know my favorite story today is about Kylian Mbappe. Mm-hmm. Oh my goodness! The amount being mentioned in for Saudi just Arabia one for one season—it was seven hundred million dollars a year. Yeah, just for one season. Woo! It's crazy. That is. What, what would you? What would you have done if you were in his shoes? I will bite off your hand <laughs> and take the money. I'm taking this every day of the week and twice on Sunday. I'm not thinking twice. Forget about me being my prime. I'm going to Saudi Arabia for seven hundred million. In fact. I'm going to play a season and I'll play another season. When my five years are <laughs> over, I'll beg for five more years. I, I absolutely love your thinking. Goodness me. <laughs> Why is he even thinking? You should, should have been there by now. Who, who, who should I kill for this? <laughs> I'll give your number to Sheik. Please. I'll, I'll, I'll just be the ball boy. I'll do that. Yeah. I'll do that. Uh, I just want zero 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 point one percent of 700 million cities. It's done. Dollars. Don't dollars. Worry. Yeah. Thank you very much, Daniel Cranting. It's live here on the news tonight. It's on Joy 99.7 FM. I want to take you to uh, the Ashanti region now, where an autopsy report has revealed a 32-year-old man who was allegedly killed by police on Sunday died as a result of massive blood in his abdominal cavity. The report says he also suffered splenic rupture and blunt force trauma. The deceased Slahedin Tafipe died after he was allegedly manhandled in a police soup at Dagoma Line in Kumasi. Now, some youth of Asokori Mampon earlier today vandalized Asawasi police station following the alleged killing. Nanaya Ojima was at the burial service for the deceased and filed this report. The death of Slahadin Tafilu on Sunday evening led to an attack on Asawasi police station by some irate youth. Family members and residents, many of whom had witnessed the dying moments of the young man, shed tears as the remains were being moved to burial grounds. He stood close to me here. When we heard of the soup, he attempted to flee, but they arrested him. Immediately he fell to the ground. The policeman kicked him before he was dragged from here. I later went to where they had left him to pick him up. I then left to inform his parents of what had happened. Youth in the area, infuriated by the incident, followed the police to the Asawasi police station where they pelted stones at the police station. Jalil says they wanted the police to return to the scene for the body of the deceased, which they had abandoned. Because we went to the police station to call them for the body they abandoned here. We wanted them to come pick him as evidence to the crime they have perpetrated. The youth claim this is the second time an individual has been killed in a police swoop. They want the government to call the police to order. We want government to know we respect the police. This is why we can't fight them. We plead with government to call them to order. Distraught family of the deceased wants the youth to exercise restraint as the police investigate the matter. Aziz Yaya speaks for the family. There are some brothers says they beat the boy, others demand that. So a lot of stories by I sure with my negotiation with the commanders, I think we have a good news because I believe in him as a, our original commander. For Joy News, Nana Ojima reporting. 
let's stay uh, in the Ashanti region now on this uh, particular story uh, today, which has uh, sacked that community uh, against the police there and bringing the uh, head of the District Security Council, who is joining us right now with thoughts on, on this particular matter. Uh, Kennedy Kankam is the Municipal Chief Executive of Sawasi uh, on the line with us right now. Thank you, sir, for your time uh, here on News Night. Uh, are you any closer to getting clarity on what it precisely happened leading to the death of this gentleman? Yes, thank you very much. But let me make this quick correction before I proceed. I'm a chief of the Asawase is the parliamentary democratic name for the area. But when it comes to the local government area, any local government term, this place is Asakorimampo Municipal Assembly. And Asawase is constituency of the same area. But we share the same boundary. Everything that is in Asawase constituency, the same in the mm, I appreciate it. Uh, on a subject, yeah. though, any, any clarity on what happened? Well, uh, you know, when issues like this happen, it takes some time before investigation can unravel a lot of things. That uh, uh, the information and the briefing that I'm getting, I think, uh, as the municipal chief executive, I will not hesitate to come out with anything until I get the full investigation from there appropriate officers. And uh, you know, because the police is involved in this issue, uh, I think there should be an independent investigation for us to ascertain the truth about the whole thing than to rush and draw conclusion about the police. And when you say independent investigations, you are looking at the the police doing it, you will be setting the top of the ministry. What are you looking at? You know, almost uh, most of the time, we rely solely on the police. Most of the time, we rely on the police, the idea, the police intelligence to get most of the information that we have. But in this issue, because the police is involved, I think um, we have the national security there, we have the Bureau of National Investigation and other things, other institutions there. And uh, we all, I also have my personal investigators who also do a lot of work groundwork for me. So... We will definitely call on it and in consultation with the minister to we'll see if we can come out with something different. I'm in consultation with uh, my boss, the regional uh, regional minister, and uh, in this case, the regional political council, and the local government and other things. So we come out with, I think, the appropriate body that can give us an independent investigation of the ground. Thank you very much, Kennedy. Can come there. Uh, still live here on News Night. It's on Joy 99.7 FM. Now, I miss a dazzling display of talent and excitement that spanned over 12 weeks. Trigun claimed the title as a winner of the Mating Joy Prime Cues and Lyrics music show. Now, Trigun's remarkable prowess and art history outshone all other contenders, leading to a resounding victory. Now, here are excerpts from the grand finale of Cues and Lyrics yesterday. A journey of a thousand miles starts with one step. The journey of Tregan to stardom began when she entered the competition. Won't you stay with me? You think I'll leave you down when you're down on your knees. The world is waiting for somebody like you. Thank you. Tregan, whose full name is Tracy Theodora Nana Ifua Ekuban Hagan, was born on 21st August 1998 and has always been recognized for her energy and spirited nature. My mama used to tell me, girl, it ain't that cool to see a man you love and start to act a fool. After an intense 12-week competition filled with glitz and glamour, Tregan showcased remarkable prowess and artistry, earning her a well-deserved spot among the four finalists in the debut edition of Joy Prime's Cues and Lyrics Music Show. Tregan. Hi. It got me worried because this is almost the end of the competition. I'm like, where am I going to put Tregan? Two ladies, two gentlemen. Who makes it to the final? Next contestant to join the two, it will be Tragan. With unique stagecraft, Tragan soared above the four contestants and emerged as the ultimate winner. To be very honest with you, this is one of the best written songs I've ever heard. And your winner for the Made in Edition of Kings and Lyrics, Tragan! Woo!
And congratulations to Trey Gan. And I'm already looking forward to the next season of cues and lyrics. You can catch all the highlights across our social media platforms. Joy Prime. Just look for it. And I'm pretty sure you'll be excited by the performances that were witnessed uh, during the show last night. And that's it for news night tonight. Just before we go, you want to stay because Nana Sakwa is up next. And guess the topic when Israel was in Egypt land. Uh, I wonder what that is. Stay tuned and find out.